Hello contemporary romance fans and welcome to Haley Wanger's Managing the Matthews. My name's Kayla and this is CamCat Unwrapped. Meet Kel, a talent manager in LA working for Hollywood's three hottest brothers. And sure, Kel has been secretly in love with one of them since high school. Could you blame her? Now, a new reality TV show about their lives is in production. But as we all know, reality TV is never quite what it seems. And trust me when I tell you, complicated feelings get a lot more complicated when the cameras start rolling. This unputdownable story explores what happens when you cross fake dating with real emotions. Not to mention the other twists and turns that come with a life in Hollywood. It's a book to live in. So sit back, relax, and watch the drama unfold on this episode of Managing the Matthews. CamCat Publishing presents Managing the Matthews by Haley Wenger. Narrated by Lisa Larson and Alex Knox. To my husband, Mark, for always being my real-life romance hero, and to the Jonas Brothers, who I'm sure are also very nice. Chapter 1. Kel Being the manager of a trio of hot celebrity brothers sounds amazing until you're the one thing standing in the way of their sleep. Between the three of them, Ash, Jonah, and Ryan, I don't get days off. Someone always ends up needing to be on set at 8 a.m. sharp, no matter the day. Never mind that wake-up calls are most definitely not in my job description. Today, I have the unparalleled pleasure of knocking loudly on Ash Matthews' bedroom door, waiting outside of it for an appropriate amount of time, and then beating on the door some more. It's a blast. Ashley, I know you're in there. You have a photo shoot in 15, 15 minutes. There's not a single sound from inside his room. When yelling doesn't work, I pull my cell phone from my purse and call him over and over and over. He doesn't answer. Instead, a banging sound comes from inside his bedroom and the door swings open. Ash looks me over through half-open eyes and then flops back onto the enormous California king in the center of his room. I toss my phone back into the bag on my arm and follow him in. I don't have work today he says, his words obscured by the pillow he's planted his face into. His dark brown hair splays out to the sides, curling slightly at the ends. I tried to talk him into a haircut a few months ago, but it turns out he was right, annoying, but right, that the longer hair suits him. I put a hand on my hip. You do have work. Despite the text I received at 2 a.m. letting me know that he didn't think he'd make it in, I'm not letting Ash off this easily. As his manager, it's my job to keep on top of him about these kinds of things. He grumbles something else unintelligible into his pillow. I sigh and lower myself to his bed, swaying slightly at the too soft mattress underneath me. You're contracted. The movie is almost done. Just promo, and then you're off the hook for this one. And come on, it wasn't that bad. From what I saw of it, there were some really funny scenes. 
Ash lifts his head and glares at me, daring me to keep going with the lie. I want out. I don't want to be the romance guy anymore. Not for movies like this. What if I promise to buy you pizza afterward? He scoffs. Bribery doesn't work on me anymore. I can buy my own pizza. I nudge his foot with my hand, but he swats at me. It's not gonna happen. I'm not doing the photo shoot. The dejection in his voice hits me, stalling me for a quick second. It sounds like he needs a vacation. I'll have to check his calendar. Ash and I were friends in college, and when he told me that he was going into acting, it felt like fate. Platonic, career-oriented fate. I was nearly done with my public relations degree and had a healthy obsession with Hollywood. He got cast in a handful of quirky indie films. One of them took off, and he scored half a dozen romantic comedy roles since then. But lately, something has shifted. And more and more often, I find myself here, trying to talk him into putting on pants and getting his ass to work. Things were simpler before fame. I flip open my phone and scroll through the online calendar while I talk. I don't know what to tell you, Ash. Ryan does action movies, you do romantic comedies, and Jonah does sports. I can put feelers out for more serious auditions, but for now, you signed the contract. You have to finish this out. You'll tell people I'm looking for different stuff? He arches an eyebrow. He rolls to sitting and leans forward to balance on the edge of the bed. His gray eyes, just the tiniest tinge of blue at the edges, study me. None of the producers we work with will be very happy with me, but I'll let them know. I'm not going to make him lose himself over movies he hates. When we first decided to work together, we agreed. Friendship before business. It may not be a motto that works for everyone, but it's always served us well. Fine, he winces. But I already told them I'm pulling out. I can't do any more promo for this. It's humiliating. I'm too late. You already told them? You're supposed to leave the communicating to me. I could have... I trail off at the look on his face. Whatever. It's just one more Matthew mess to clean up. Don't worry about it. I'll deal with it. I fake an unaffected shrug as I smooth one hand over his crumpled bedsheets. I bend to pick up a stray protein bar wrapper on the floor near my feet. There's no point in getting mad when I can get the other thing I came here for. Information. Tell me about last night. How did it go? You should have been there. I arch an eyebrow, smelling a tragedy. There's something about the way he says it. You should have been there, because it is my job to know, after all. What? What happened? Ash runs a hand over his face, messing up his hair even further. It only adds to his sex appeal, and I make a mental note to get him a new set of headshots featuring this longer, messier hairstyle. 
it'll kill with the casting directors, even the new ones he's looking to pursue. He groans. It's bad. You shouldn't hear it from me. I almost stomp my foot with impatience. If it's as bad as his voice makes it sound, I'm surprised I haven't heard it already, no matter the early hour. I need to hear it, period. I don't care who it comes from at this point. I'm here now, so spill. With every emergency comes a seemingly never-ending cycle of damage control. And if I've learned anything in the past five years of managing the brothers, it's that the sooner I start on fixing their mistakes, the better. Talk to Ryan. Ash finally meets my eyes. And I see something there I don't expect. Is that pity? Ryan's name kicks my chest into double time, and I slap a palm over my sternum. Great. Just honestly great. Sure, I suspected that he was involved the moment Ash said something. But to have it confirmed sets my stomach on edge. I grit my teeth. Ash, please, you're killing me here. We were out at the bar last night. After the fan meet and greet, remember? I nod. I remember because I was the one who facilitated the entire thing. Except thanks to a major guilt trip on my parents' part, I couldn't be there. Instead, I spent the day with my GI doctor and the night hosting my visiting from out-of-town parents before they caught a late flight. I was forced to listen to mom bemoan the fact that I work too much for the hundredth time. Ryan spent all night with this one fangirl. She was sitting in his lap, and they were all over each other. Out of nowhere, he proposed. It was bizarre. I've never seen him act like that. I don't even think he'd had that many drinks— it was like he pulled a diamond ring from thin air. I flinch, but cover it as I stand. Maybe we can work out a deal if Ryan agrees to let her keep the ring. I lick my lips and half turn, nodding. Thanks for the heads up. I'll go find the girl and take care of this. We probably should keep Ryan away from fans for the next few weeks, or they'll all be expecting proposals. Ryan has done worse, like the bloody bar fight he got into with a fan's husband last month. I'm not supposed to get my feelings hurt about him going out and doing things like this. Still, as his manager, it's a nuisance. But as just me, Kel, it feels like a betrayal. Ash doesn't laugh at my dumb attempt at humor. The space between his eyebrows furrows, forming a sharp V. I doubt they will, now that, you know, he's engaged and all. The room freezes around us. What do you mean? Ash gives his head a slow shake. I told you. He proposed to this girl at the thing last night, which means Ryan is engaged. He says they're getting married, having an actual wedding. The whole big thing. He seems serious for once. Serious about some woman? Who even is she? 
My body flushes hot and then cold as a mixture of emotions hits me at once. I stutter, but nothing comes out. I'm completely out of words. Just some fan who he's been out with a few times? I don't think anyone saw this coming. A hysterical laugh nearly chokes out of me. This is ridiculous. Ryan wouldn't... Ryan's not... I'm sorry, Kel. Ash's voice is soft but out of focus. I don't know what he's thinking, but yeah, it seems real. How could it be real? Somehow, I find the doorknob, and I prop myself up on it with one hand. I thought that this was another one of Ryan's stunts. He does over-the-top public displays and then sends me in to clean up the ensuing chaos. None of the tabloid-worthy escapades are real, though. Not wedding planning real. The floor spins beneath me as I try to gather my thoughts because this can't be happening. Ryan getting engaged without so much as a heads up is a PR nightmare. But I will deal with it because I have no other choice. Normally, I can deal with anything. But with Ryan, things are different. And there's no way I'm letting him do this without having a serious conversation for once. Given our history, it's way overdue. Chapter 2 Ash After Kel leaves, I crawl from bed and look at my phone. It really sucked having to be the one to tell her about Ryan, especially since I don't think I'm supposed to know, but I know. Kel isn't exactly subtle, not about the way she gapes at my brother. I knew even before I walked in on them getting hot and heavy a few weeks back. Unfortunately, I've known for years. Never worried about it because I thought we had an unspoken agreement that Kel was off limits. She's our manager for crying out loud. But my brother wouldn't understand that. Nothing is off limits to Ryan. Seeing them together was something. Believe me, I still wish I could purge it from my mind. We'd just gotten back from going out to dinner. It was all of us, which is rare. Jonah took a call and started spouting football stats into the phone. I took a shower to scrub off the makeup they caked on me during filming. And Ryan and Kel stayed behind in the living room. Not out of the ordinary, since Kel is the one we all go to when we need someone to talk to. Just how it's always been. I figured that Ryan wanted to whine about his latest career drama. I came back to them sucking each other's faces off. I'd never wanted to unsee something so badly. And now he's engaged to some fan he's met a handful of times. I could see right away that it hit Kel. But it's also none of my business. I get out of bed and practically sleepwalk into the kitchen. Hunger wins out, or else I'd stay in my room all day since I don't have work. Might never work again, after the way I blew off the movie promo. I'm just about to open the fridge and stare at the contents when someone dashes past me. I turn just in time to see a flash of Kel's light brown hair swinging behind her. Her head is ducked and her face not visible, but I can tell from the sounds that she's crying. The back door bangs shut. Damn it. I slap a palm against the cool stainless steel of the fridge door. And then I go find Ryan. 
He's lounging on our leather couch, his legs outstretched and spread wide. He's not wearing a shirt. What did you say to her? He turns his head slowly to face me, his eyes wide. Oh yeah, here comes Ryan Matthews' famous innocent act. What are you talking about? You mean Kel? I think she's stressed out, man. I didn't do anything. I didn't say a word. He's serious. The three competing brain cells he's got left wouldn't see anything wrong with that, would they? Kel would, though. Him ignoring her is the whole issue. I glare at him until he scowls back and asks, You got a problem, bro? Yeah, I have a problem. The problem is you. You messed things up with Kel. Now you need to go fix it. I point to the door she rushed through seconds ago. She's most likely still outside, trying not to cry. I've only seen her cry a handful of times in the years I've known her. She's tough. Too tough to care about my bone-headed brother. But here we are. Ryan gives me a cool look. Lay off, man. Kel's a grown-up. She knew what the deal was. I never promised her anything. My finger is still outstretched, so I step closer and jab it into his chest. Go talk to her now. I'm dangerously close to doing more than poking him. Maybe he can sense it, because for once, Ryan gives in. If I had to guess, I'd say it's the guilt. He knows what he did. He holds up his hands. Okay, we'll talk. Calm down, Hulk. Ryan laughs, knowing his use of my childhood nickname is the perfect revenge. I was a chubby kid with a propensity for temper tantrums. Call yourself the Hulk once, and your older brother will never let you live it down. I follow him to the back door, slam it shut behind him before walking to the kitchen. On the counter I find a paper bag. The outside is labeled muffins in curly handwriting. Kel. I open it and am hit by the smell of warm blueberries. Exhibit A, in my reasoning of why she is too good for us. There's no polite way to tell her that she has to stop taking care of everyone in this house. No way that won't hurt her feelings. I reach for a muffin and stuff it into my mouth, sighing around the warm, buttery goodness. I'm going to kill my brother. The back door swings open and Kel bursts in, followed by Ryan. Her face is the shade of a tomato. Kel! Ryan reaches for her like he might try to hug her, but he stops short and pats her shoulder instead. I should disappear or give them some space. Can't bring myself to do either, so I just stand here as an unwitting witness to their drama once again. She sniffs and looks up at him with watery eyes. Please just tell me that this is some kind of stupid prank. Ryan winces. His head ducks down. You'd really like Samantha. I've already told her all about you. Samantha. Her mouth forms silently around the name. I don't understand how this happened. When did you even meet her? It can't have been very long. They kissed sometime last month. Or maybe it was more than a kiss. I left as soon as I saw them on the couch. Whatever it was clearly led Kel to think something was happening. Ryan glances at me like I'm supposed to help him. No way in hell am I getting involved in this. I have my brother's back, but 
I draw the line at relationships, especially when we both know he's in the wrong. I don't know. A few weeks? He scratches his chin. I think it was a month ago. The look on Kel's face says it all. She makes a small choking noise and shakes her head. I... I can't do this right now. She pivots and turns down the hall, where the front door slams shut seconds later. Ryan sighs. You happy? I set down the last bite of my muffin and resist the urge to throw it at him. No. Are you jealous or something? If you wanted to go for Kel, you should have told me. He cracks a half smile. All those romantic movies are turning you soft. I grip my teeth so hard, Ryan can probably hear the sound of bone on bone. Exactly the reaction he wants from me. And you're a jerk. Maybe all your movies are messing with your head. No one thinks you're James Bond in real life. It's not cool to play with people's feelings like this. If Dad were still alive, he'd lay into Ryan. But maybe he'd do the same to me. I haven't been doing so hot lately either. Ryan scoffs and reaches around me for a muffin. Relax. Kel will get over it. It's not like we were actually dating. He stalks back to his spot on the couch with his muffin. Blueberry, my fave. Ryan is either oblivious or heartless. Not sure which would be better. It makes hanging out with him that much harder when he's like this. What I should do is go find Kel and talk her down myself. But if I were her, I wouldn't want to see a Matthew brother face for at least a few good hours. Instead, I take a shower and get ready for the day. Then I wander down the long hall to Jonah's side of the house. As often as we piss each other off, I guess it says something that we all choose to live together. Those movies I've grown sick of making pay well enough that I could have my own house, far away from Ryan's exploits. Hell, I could probably have my own street. But there's something about living with both of my brothers that grounds me. I feel more like Ashley Matthew, middle child, than Ash Matthew, movie star. Not exactly great for my ego, but that's the point. I knock once on his closed bedroom door. It's Ash. He's wearing gray sweatpants and a UCLA hoodie, but his muscles still show through. All the hours Ryan and I spend sleeping in, our youngest brother uses at the home gym, set up in his spare bedroom. Hey, he notices me looking around. Jesse's at work. I nod. His live-in girlfriend is often either gone at work or gone because they're in a fight. So, Ryan is going through with the engagement thing, apparently. Kel's upset. I don't say any more because I haven't told anyone, not even Jonah, about seeing Kel and Ryan together. I thought she might be, Jonah says thoughtfully. His phone buzzes and he picks it up. While he looks at the notification on his screen, my phone buzzes too. A group text from Kel. Kel. Emergency meeting tonight at your place. Seven. Someone order pizza. This has to be about Ryan, and based on how upset she was, it can only mean one thing. One thing I'm worried about anyway. You don't think she'd quit on us? Jonah's eyes match the worry I'm starting to feel. I know I'm always saying that we don't deserve her, 
but that doesn't mean I think I can make it for a second without her. While we wait for Kel's meeting, Jonah, Ryan, and I are in the home gym watching as Jonah goes for his personal record on the weight machine. He grunts out each rep, and Jesse, who's just gotten back, cheers him on after each one. Ryan is holding an ice pack to each side of his face. He's puffy and dotted with multicolored bruises from needles, dermal fillers. Apparently, he spent half the day letting a plastic surgeon experiment on him with the newest technique for a toned facial structure. Meanwhile, I'm trying to make sure we're all on track for convincing Kel not to leave us high and dry at this surprise meeting she set up. Why are you so worried about this? Ryan slaps me on the back and then winces with the movement. You think Kel would ever leave us? She loves us, man. Kel does love us, Jonah agrees, but he's only half listening, half concentrating. He prefers to walk the thin line in between our disagreements, likes waiting it out until things blow over. This time, I wish he'd tell Ryan he's being a dick. Coming from Jonah, it might be harder to ignore. The way I see it, Kel's love for us is the problem. I shake my head at my brother. If she does quit, it's your fault. You know that, right? We'd lose all the connections she's made for us. We'd be back at square one without Kel. Ryan shrugs and changes the subject. We're making her good money. I don't see her complaining about that. I almost flick one of Jesse's resistance bands at his head. Money isn't the problem. Ryan rolls his eyes. I'm going to call Judith and grab a fresh ice pack. I have auditions to prep for tomorrow. Jonah grunts and sets down his barbell. We ordered pizza. It's already on the way. I'll be quick. Ryan wanders off, and Jonah gives me a look, but goes back to his reps. Jonah, you've got to talk to him. Tell him to stay away from Kel until she cools off at least. My younger brother doesn't look back as he focuses on the weights. I tried last week, he says around heavy breaths. Not about Kel, but his whole thing, his attitude lately. Didn't listen. He's obsessed with taking on more projects, Jonah adds. Yeah, I've noticed. Last week, when I tried to ask him how he had the time to star in a commercial for a brand deal and shoot two movies back to back, he almost bit my head off. He told me that he's not going to stop auditioning for stuff until he's the most recognizable name across the board, not just movies. I don't know what set this off. Well... No one can control Ryan, but Kel deserves to be heard, Jesse says, looking at me. She keeps one eye on Jonah as he lifts. Why don't you talk to her before the meeting? You're closest with her, and it sounds like she might need someone to talk to. We don't talk about relationships, I say, exhaling. Our friendship has always been solid. No point in ruining things by bringing either of our love lives into it. Maybe you should start. Jessie raises her eyebrows at me pointedly. She might be right. I'm capable of talking, if that's what Kel needs to stay. Like I said, leaving might be what's best for her, but I'm going to have to be selfish. I can't do my job without her, especially not the new projects I'm pursuing. Yeah, we need to talk about it. Maybe I'll be the one to convince her that Ryan isn't worth her time. 
I hope so. I'll go call her before she gets here. Your girlfriend is smart, I tell Jonah. He looks up at her and they both smile. It's a private moment and I've disappeared to them. My gut twists and I don't even know why. Maybe because no one has ever looked at me like that. And all of this drama is messing with my head. I'm going to go ahead and blame that on Ryan too. Chapter 3 Kel A lizard scurries past my feet, eliciting a silent screech from me that only adds to the hellish morning I'm having. The lizard crawls to the other side of the stone privacy wall, separating us from the house next door where Kelly Clarkson lives, at least for part of the year. I lean carefully against the white stone and resist the urge to bang my head on the wall. Ryan is engaged. It's only a matter of time, half an hour maybe, until I'll have to field calls from reporters salivating over this story, which means no matter what level of humiliation I'm experiencing, I have to be a grown-up about this. I can't avoid my clients forever, no matter how tempting it sounds right now. I squeeze my eyes shut and replay the last several minutes after Ryan followed me outside. I really can't believe I let him do this to me. The problem is that when it comes to Ryan, I throw all my rules out the window. Rule number one in the industry, never date your clients. Ryan freaking Matthew. My weakness and clearly, clearly my downfall. There's no greater low than this. I walk to the driveway and sit in my car outside of the Matthews' stupidly charming mansion and beat my fists against the steering wheel. I can't drive like this, but I also can't sit here and risk one of them seeing me. My chest pangs right under my skin, and I almost look down to see if the crack I feel in my heart is visible. I raise my hand to my eyes and swipe at the wetness accumulating on my lashes. At least I have my life together enough that I'm wearing waterproof mascara. One. I suck in a gasping breath. Two. I close my eyes and focus on anything other than Ryan. Three. I blink open and sniffle. Everything still hurts, but I'm pulled together enough to leave. If I'm going to fall apart, it has to be in the privacy of my own apartment. The drive home is a blur of more threatened tears and the blaring radio despite the traffic. The music is supposed to drown out my thoughts, but it isn't enough to distract me from replaying the conversation with Ryan over and over. I catch my usual glimpse of the Hollywood sign as I turn past Sunset Boulevard, but it does nothing for my mood. Usually, it's a daily reminder that I'm making it in an industry that's supposed to be impossible, that despite the headaches and the stress, I have something to celebrate. Today, the sign is a gut punch. My only three clients are collectively a mess, and I can't measure success by this. Instead, at the red light, I watch the hills behind me in my rearview mirror, dotted with mansions just like the Matthews. And along the freeways are the tent cities, 
filled with unhoused people trying desperately to get by day to day. The two realities of one of America's most famous cities and a sinking reminder that Hollywood is rarely all it's cracked up to be. Inside my apartment, I let myself deflate. My shoes slip off and go into the little cubby next to my front door. And then my feet carry me over to the couch, where I pull my favorite yellow throw blanket over my body like a cocoon. I can handle a lot. I've had a chronic illness since I was in high school. So I'm no stranger to physical pain thanks to Crohn's disease. Emotional pain, though? That's a different story. A whimper escapes my throat. This was supposed to be the year that Ryan fell in love with me. I wished it on my 25th birthday candle and everything like an obsessive creep. College is when my crush really started, and I've been hooked on him ever since, dreaming of the eventual relationship we'd have when the timing was just right. And then, after our amazing night together last month, everything was falling into place. Except, apparently not. That night, we'd all gone out together, and then Ash had wandered off somewhere, and Jonah and Jesse were sequestered on the other side of the house. Ryan and I were on the couch, sitting close and talking about work. The conversation shifted to other things, college and friends, and then to us. He'd leaned close and taken hold of my hand, the most simple of gestures, but it meant so much. As many women as I've seen him with over the years, I'd never seen him touchy-feely like that, never tender or sweet. It felt like a token of faith, like he wanted to touch me even if one of his brothers walked in and saw us. And then our eyes met, and everything else didn't matter. He'd kissed me, pulling me on top of him on the couch, held me so close. I was convinced it was the big turning point for us, and I went home that night sure that a real relationship was the next step. We've both been busy with work since then, and I was naive enough to think that was all that kept him from kissing me again. Oh, how very, very wrong I was about everything. The weight of my blanket and the warmth of my small apartment swell over me. Maybe if I close my eyes for a second, I can pretend none of this really happened. Bzz, bzz, bzz. I wake up to my phone buzzing against my leg and drool staining my shirt. Hello? I croak into the phone, hoping it's no one I need to impress. Our boys are having quite the week, aren't they? The sardonic voice snaps me straight up, and suddenly I'm wide awake. Judith Holmes is the last person I want to sound like a sleep-deprived troll on the phone to. Honestly, she's the last person I want to have any conversation with, despite finding myself in that exact spot almost weekly. She has the tendency to make me feel like I'm crap at my job. And say what you want about me, because I know I still have my flaws, but I'm amazing at my job. Even if the Matthews make it one million times harder than it needs to be. I've never met a contract I couldn't swing in my client's favor or a bad deal that I couldn't spin a compromise for. 
Judith may be an extremely sought-after agent who works almost as hard for the guys as I do, but she's also an obnoxious cow. We're not discussing that at the moment. I pause, wondering if I heard her correctly or I'm still half asleep. Did you... did you say boys as in plural? It's been pushed aside because of all the other things happening, but Jonah is also being fined $30,000 for profanity on live television. There's Ash's change of heart. And then, of course, Ryan's engagement, which I thought hadn't hit the news sites quite yet. I can't lie. If Judith knew about it before me, it would only make me feel worse. Between the four of us, our whole little team is a little bit of a disaster right now, and I can't think of a worse time for any of it to be advertised. I can feel the weight of her satisfied smirk over the phone. Oh yes, of course you know about Ryan's exciting public engagement. And then there's a rumor about Ash. I hear he's not showing up to work and might lose a few contracts. Not if I have anything to do with it, of course. But still, he's awfully close to making enemies of some good names. And Jonah? She sighs. I'm sure you know all about his fine. But really, Judith continues, I'm interested in the photos of you and Ryan that are popping up everywhere. Care to comment on that? My stomach sinks. Photos? What photos? I flip open my laptop from where it's charging on the coffee table beside the couch. I angle my phone away from my hands and try to type as quietly as possible. Article after article pops up, along with a particularly unflattering photo of me and Ryan leaning against the sidewall of his home, our heads close in serious conversation. Holy crap! This was taken this morning. The story is being run in conjunction with his engagement announcement, like the two events are somehow linked. This morning, I woke up full of hope for a romantic future with Ryan. And now, just hours later, I'm the other woman. Me. The other woman when I've been there for Ryan longer than anyone else. Some profanity of my own slips out. This day could not get worse. Exactly my thoughts, comes Judith's voice. I'll bet she was waiting for my reaction, savoring it. How lovely. I'm waiting for her to get to her point. Unless the point of her calling really is to taunt me. But sometimes, she continues, these little indiscretions have an advantage. We have three very visible clients right now. That's rare, and something you might consider capitalizing on. So this is a business call after all. Despite my abject humiliation, I roll my shoulders, happy to dive into something that I'm good at. Do you have an offer for one of them? What are you working on lately? Her tinkly laugh is more unsettling than anything. Oh, I have an offer for them. All of them. And it's straight from a highly sought-after producer. She pauses. And I swear it's for dramatic effect more than anything else. 
Ryan and I have been keeping a little secret, but I think we can convince him to welcome more cast members. How do you feel about a reality show starring the three Matthew brothers? A few hours later, I find myself driving through the gates of the Matthews' private neighborhood, trying to ignore the black cars parked nearby, their windows down and cameras poised. They must have already gotten all they need from me, because I pass by without a fuss. Once I park, I draw in a long, slow breath and get out of my car. I can handle myself with professionalism and class, because the alternative is I quit my job and move back in with my parents. And as much as I love my parents, that is no real option, because I've already made too big a point about how much I love Hollywood. Admitting I was wrong about my dream career just might be the thing that kills me. I'm not sure who to be angrier with. Judith is supposed to work with me, She's supposed to keep me solidly in the loop so that I can better everyone's careers. Withholding information about a signed contract that's already in pre-production is all shades of unforgivable. But at least it's the kind of underhanded move I'd expect from Judith. Ryan, on the other hand, is my client. My entire function is to help him through auditions and the casting process, to make everything go smoothly so that he doesn't have to worry about the small things. For that to work, there needs to be a level of trust between us. Trust that he shattered the moment Judith filled me in on their little secret. But I can't afford to mope around about any of it. Shoulders back, head held high, I march to the back door and knock lightly. No one answers, so I use my key and let myself in. Their cars are here. So reason follows, the guys are around here somewhere since they all assured me they'd be here to talk. As soon as I hung up with Judith, I did my research and weighed my personal pros and cons. Pro? More work for my clients equals more money for me. Con? Reality shows are as far from classy as you can get. Do I really want my name or the guy's names associated with something like this? It comes down to what they say in the meeting, which is why it's so important to do it right away while Judith's offer is still fresh. I walk through the kitchen, but stop cold as a deep voice, devastatingly familiar, calls from only a few feet away. Hi, beautiful. I was hoping I'd get you alone before the meeting. My heart absolutely sinks. Chapter 4 Ash When I round the hallway to my room, Ryan's standing in the kitchen walking towards someone, and unfortunately for me, I'm only a few seconds behind him. I recognize Kel's profile right away. She must have gotten here early. I've seen her hundreds of times in dozens of different scenarios. I couldn't miss her small, upturned nose, or the S-shaped curve of her hair around her face, as familiar to me as the back of my hand. I can't miss Kel's familiar look. Ryan can, though. He calls her beautiful 
and I'm half a second from landing a punch in his gut when I realize he thinks Kel is someone else. When I scan her face next, she looks like she's the one who's been punched. She steps into the light, and her throat moves as she swallows her disappointment. Now she really is going to ditch us. As soon as the light hits her, Ryan flinches. He takes one big step backward and laughs. Whoa, not who I thought you were, Kel. Samantha texted me that she was on her way, so I... Some semblance of tact hits him way too late. Ryan runs his hands over his close-cropped hair. You're here for the meeting? Yes, the meeting. She looks at a space just past Ryan's actual face, won't even look at him. And it's a client-only meeting, so you'll have to tell your fiancé to wait somewhere else when she gets here. That's cool. She can hang out in my room, since that's where we're going to be for a while anyway. Ryan shrugs. Yeah, he actually just said that. Kel produces a glare made of pure steel and brushes past him. For a minute, it looks like she wants to keep arguing. Then she spots me, and her eyes darken. Great. Now I'm in trouble, too. Not my fault that I heard the whole exchange. I never should have listened to Jesse about talking to Kel. I wouldn't be stuck between her and Ryan right now if I'd minded my own business. She moves toward me. Is Jonah here? I nod, kind of afraid to talk to her now. The last thing I want is to end up on her bad side, too. I guess he's working out? Not again. I'm feeling like a real genius. Something about the way she's spitting questions makes this feel more like an interview than a conversation. An interview I'm failing. What's this meeting about, anyway? Ryan interjects. Because, of course, he just has to ask. It's not that he doesn't get the hint that Kel's not speaking to him. Dude just doesn't care. Kel's jaw twitches. You already know what it's about, Ryan. That's part of the problem. She doesn't turn to him, just acts like he's the most inconsequential thing in the room, lower than the toaster oven we've never used once. I... Ryan starts, but stops just as quickly. My interest is officially piqued. I want to know what he's going to say, because whatever it is has Kel more worked up than ever before. He can't seriously have done something worse than getting engaged without telling her. Ryan's voice is a lowered pleading. Can we talk before the meeting? I want to make sure we're on the same page. No. Kel shoots him down with one curt word. To his credit, he stops talking and shifts on his feet sullenly. I do want to talk to you, Kel adds to me. It's hard not to let that make me smug. No matter what kind of crap my brother might put her through, at least Kel knows she can count on me. You can go. You've done enough. She gestures at Ryan, who is still standing in the kitchen looking lost. I don't feel bad for him at all, but it's awkward as hell. Facing off against a disapproving Kel is a lot like getting called to the principal's office. Ryan was never a straight-A student, but we were raised right. None of us likes getting scolded. He shuffles away shaking his head like Kel is the most confusing thing in the world. I can tell it only makes her matter. Her face pinks up again. 
eyebrows scrunched while she stares after him. I put out my arm to form a kind of barrier between them. We don't need any more words exchanged. Not tonight. Hey, ignore him. He's an idiot to pass you up. It's so not about that anymore. Kel grabs me and pulls me with her to the side of the kitchen. I stumble after her until she stops at our walk-in pantry. She points. Get in. I blink but do as she says. She shuts the door behind us and steps closer. My entire freaking body hits high alert. I don't know what's happening, but I'm not about to complain. Not when she already looks murderous. Chapter 5 Kel Ash's brows shoot up into his hairline, widening his eyes. The light switch, I mutter. The switch is just above his head in the cramped pantry. It's super dark in here. I reach for it, but this only pulls our heads closer, caging us together until we are nearly nose to nose. Ash's throat moves slowly as he swallows. His gaze flicks to my mouth. Neither of us says a word. My heart hammers in my chest in the dark, quiet space. And even without the light, my eyes are glued to ashes as we watch each other. His lips part slightly, and my pulse picks up further in response. No one knows we're in here. The rest of the house is otherwise occupied, and there's no one to see or not see. His face is shadowed, his lashes sweeping darkly over his cheekbones as he blinks. He's ridiculously attractive. Shaking myself out of it, this is Ash, my friend and client who I'm looking at after all. I flick the switch, illuminating the pantry. The light breaks the silence. I needed to talk to you, alone. I try for another explanation and watch as his features shift in understanding. Oh, he says. I was actually on my way to call you. I thought you might want to talk, or something. Ash steps to the side, putting some much-needed space between us. Still, a stab of disappointment courses through me. Was I hoping that Ash would actually kiss me? It wouldn't be the worst idea, considering the day I've had. But it's Ash, so then again, it would be a terrible idea. Our friendship is the only thing saving me from declaring all Matthews a no-go at the moment. He's right that I do need someone to talk to about this entire fiasco. But I'm not entirely sure if he's the best person to vent to. Not in this situation. As much of a mess as I've made by letting my feelings for Ryan get the better of me, I have to try to be professional. And Ryan is still my client, for now, as is Ash. I'm okay. But I do have something I want to run by you. I take in a breath and tell him about Judith's proposal, leaving out a few key details. How in the hell is reality TV going to land me more serious roles? Ash crosses his arms over his chest, and I try not to stare at his arms. I know he's been hitting the gym a lot more lately to keep up with Jonah, but wow. 
I guess I didn't realize how much. The muscles under his skin ripple as he moves. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but trust me, okay? I tear my eyes from his muscles. He wrinkles his nose, but relaxes his arms. The producer does reality shows and dramas, like exclusively. Get in with him and you're golden. I'm working on getting a movie written into your contract. We can leverage the show as free promo for whatever project you get next. I try to angle the offer in a way he'll understand. As much as I hate what Judith and Ryan did, Judith is too smart at what she does to discount her. A reality show featuring the brothers is an offer that demands serious consideration. It might temporarily cheapen the Matthews brand, but it also offers unparalleled visibility and on their own terms. Ash nods thoughtfully. Why do this, though? I've heard you talking trash about keeping up with the Kardashians. You don't want to be known as a reality TV show manager, do you? I can tell that his interest is there, but he's still wary. Honestly, I'd be worried more if he weren't a little hesitant. I know the risks, and I don't love them either. But the precedent is there. Stars have managed to juggle big roles and reality TV at the same time and emerged unscathed with well-respected successful careers. The Matthews can do it too. I don't think his question is meant to be insulting, but it stings all the same. I'm already known as the manager to you three, so I can't imagine tacking on a reality show is going to do any extra damage, I retort. Then I sober, because I haven't even told him the worst part of it. I didn't put this in motion. Judith did. And apparently, it's been in the works for the better part of a year. But I hadn't heard a word of it until today when we spoke on the phone. Ash widens his eyes. How is that possible? She can't sign us up for a show without talking to us. Or to you, right? This was my exact reaction, too. Until I twisted the full truth from her and immediately regretted what I was hearing. Ryan signed for the show six months ago. A solo show. I try not to let the anger boil up again, but it's tough to ignore the utter betrayal. It was supposed to be a show about him, and Judith claims he was going to talk to you and Jonah about it at some point. But shooting starts soon. Ash stares at me, before letting out a few choice words that echo the ones I said after hanging up with Judith. I know. So, if it's Ryan's solo thing, why is Judith asking about it now? I don't know about Jonah but I'm not interested in jumping on board some pity project. If Ryan wanted us in on this, he would have said something before now. Ash is annoyed and maybe a little hurt, which I get. Oh, do I get it. I let my eyes fall closed for a second and then blink them back open. 
What I'm supposed to do in this situation is stay neutral and come up with a solution that makes everyone happy. The producer has been following yours and Jonah's careers, probably for this exact reason. You're both hot right now for different reasons. And now they're asking if you'll sign on so they can shift the show to focus on all of you. You really think this is a good idea? Yes, I know it's unorthodox and it's out of the blue, but I do think we can make this work in your favor, if you're up for it, that is. Ash holds his hands out in defeat. Okay, I'll do it because I trust you. I don't want personal drama, though. Tell them to keep the focus on Ryan. I think that can be arranged. He's got enough shit to keep people entertained all on his own. Ash stretches. In this case, I'm more than happy to be a side character in Ryan's world. The sad thing is, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how Ryan sees us. So I guess we should go talk to Jonah and Ryan? Ash opens the pantry door and leads the way out of the kitchen. My hands start to sweat for some reason, and I stop outside of the living room hallway. He turns back, waiting for me. You okay? Yeah, I'm... It's hard to lie to Ash. For some terrible reason, I find it much easier to lie to myself. I can say that I'm not that bothered by what feels like an epic betrayal, and I'll force myself to believe it. I don't want to walk into the room and see Ryan. I'm not prepared, not near ready enough for it not to hurt. But I made a decision earlier, and that was to keep doing my job as normal. I swallow. I just need a minute. I don't have to finish the sentence. Instead, Ash walks back and puts an arm around my shoulder, easing my head against his chest. I don't cry. After earlier, I genuinely don't think there is enough moisture left in my body to make that happen. But I do suck in a breath and get a whiff of cinnamon. I asked Ash about it once, and he showed me the unbelievably expensive deodorant he buys. Apparently, it's infused with cinnamon cloves, which doesn't sound that nice. But the smell is worth it, if I'm being honest. You smell good. I mutter against the fabric of his shirt. He shrugs. I've picked up a few basic hygiene habits since college. Ash never smelled bad in college, but he likes to pretend he was somehow undesirable back then and not still a huge hottie. Oh, well, thank goodness, I say, wiping at my eyes, just in case tears start to leak out. You don't have to talk to Ryan, okay? Just get in and get out. That's more than he deserves, Ash says quietly. I groan. Stop making it sound like we're in one of his stupid spy movies. Ash wrinkles his nose in disgust. Spies are so last year, he says in a falsetto Valley Girl accent. A smile slides into place without warning. Ash can always make me laugh. Do I even want to know what Ryan did to his face? 
It was a purplish blue when I glimpsed it in the kitchen. Not exactly his best look. Oh, you definitely do. Ash raises his brows. Cheek filler. To go with the new jawline he got done last month. I groan. There's nothing wrong with plastic surgery, but I've seen enough of L.A.'s addiction to it to be scared straight and hoped my clients were the same. I'll have to argue that point some other time, though. For now, I straighten. Okay, I'm ready. I need to face everyone sooner or later, and at least I know Ash has my back. He gestures for me to go first and we walk in to where everyone is waiting. Chapter 6. Ash When were you going to tell us about this? I can't help the edge that slips into my voice when I turn to face Ryan. There's the fact that he didn't tell anyone about this show, but mostly it's about how he screwed over Kel. It's not right. Kel gives me a look that says, let me handle this. I step aside, but hate it. She moves close to Ryan and somehow manages to look intimidating, even though he's almost a foot taller than her. If you ever pull something like this again, we're through. I'm not kidding, Ryan. I won't work with you, and we won't speak. You'll be dead to me. Her hands are balled by her sides. Maybe I'm imagining it, but I think they're shaking. Ryan swallows. Got it. I apologize, Kel. You know I'm trying to keep my schedule full. There's such a thing as it being too full, Kel says. If you keep up this pace, you won't have enough hours in the day to attend all your shoots. He goes to rub the side of his jaw, then stops like he's just remembered his bruises. I'll keep that in mind. Silence falls and then Jonah speaks up. I've been watching for his reaction. And he looks, well, he looks resigned. I think the show could be good. I figure I owe this to you all, he says a bit sheepishly. His mess up on air has been bugging him, and I know he's been dreading Kel finding out, kind of why I let her find out on her own. It's not his fault that he has a dirty mouth, and his network is family friendly. Anyway, Jonah has the sense to feel remorse for causing Kel grief unlike some Matthews. I'm in, as long as Ash is, Jonah says. This isn't about me, Cal insists. It's a good business decision for all three of you individually. So, if you're all on board... She looks at us in turn, and I nod resolutely. My decision has nothing to do with anyone's career except for hers. Without Cal, I wouldn't get half the jobs I've gotten. I wouldn't even know where to start looking for the new roles I want. I'm keeping her around, and I don't want to be selfish about it. Means I need to play ball and do what makes Kel happy. She may not think highly of reality shows, but this seems like a move she wants us to make. And in this case, I want whatever Kel wants. Brown eyes wide, Kel nods. Okay, I'll make the necessary phone calls and stop by later this week to go over the paperwork. We're in new territory here, guys. Her smile is not wholly convincing. I'm glad we feel the same about this reality show business. I can't remember a time we weren't on the same page, 
but it's still nice to know. I'm pumped. The three bros all together. I love it. Ryan throws an arm around Kel's waist and brings her in close for a bear hug. I step to her half a second before she's already pushing him away, unfurling herself like Ryan's a piece of garbage clinging to her shirt. Ryan, completely unfazed, claps me on the shoulder with a resounding whack. I narrow my eyes at him and turn to Kel, but her face is already a mask of professionalism, not an ounce of hurt stitched on there. This is why she's the best. I'm glad we're all happy. She turns and gives us a sort of half-wave salute. The door closes, leaving a draft of her flowery perfume with it. I want to smack the audacity out of Ryan, but he's already moving toward the door. Ryan, give Kel some space, all right? She's upset. He puts a hand to his forehead and mock salutes me. Yes, sir, little brother. He pauses. Going out. Samantha wants to go somewhere for dinner. Jonah frowns. The pizza is almost here. He nudges me to say something, but I shrug. More pizza to go around and no Ryan? Sounds like a win. We'll save him some, I assure him. The baby of the family, and he cares more about keeping the peace than any of us. But this time, neither of us can stop what Ryan started. That's going to have to be between him and Kel. Jonah wanders to the back of the house, presumably to find Jesse, and I crash onto the huge sofa in our living room. A cool white leather number, something that kind of screams rock star, in my opinion. I don't even know if I like it anymore, to be honest. When we first bought our place together, Ryan brought in this designer for the stars, a woman with strong opinions on house decorations. She bought everything for us even the pictures on the walls, said it made us look legit. I thought it was cool at first. I don't know anymore. I was happy to be invited back when we first started. I didn't care if the movies I was in were good or not. Didn't even care if they were movies actual people were going to see. Hell, I probably would have jumped at the chance for a reality show like this one. But I've soured to it all over the years. Everything feels shallow and I can't imagine doing this for the next five, ten, twenty years, not unless something changes. I want to be known as more than my last name or my looks. Acting is my first love. I've been chasing the thrill of delivering the perfect, heartfelt line ever since I played the Tin Man in my middle school production of The Wizard of Oz. Kel is the only person I can talk to about it. Ryan couldn't give a shit, and Jonah is still waiting for his big break. Sports casting is a different animal. But Kel sees how hard I've worked, how most of it has come back and bit me in the ass, like last awards season, when everyone else in my summer blockbuster hit was nominated for something. I wasn't. I was just eye candy, and it sucked to finally realize. Not one person took me seriously. I was supposed to stand there and look pretty, delivering dumbed-down lines for two hours straight. Even my own girlfriend treated me like an accessory, something to be seen but not heard. The closest I've ever come to a serious relationship since college is Celeste, the model I dated for six months one year ago. She broke up with me once she found a newer, shinier model who didn't question the way this industry works. The whole relationship was a wake-up call, triggering my need to take acting more seriously. 
The doorbell rings, and I see on the camera that it's the pizza guy. I text Jonah and Jesse and then scroll over to Kel's name. Ash. You should have stayed for pizza. I see her typing immediately and laugh to myself. Pizza is practically her siren song. We lived off of the stuff in college after we became friends, spending every late night we could planning our Hollywood futures. Amazing that some of those dreams have actually come true. Kel. I had some work left. You owe me pizza next time I'm over. Ash. Deal. I'm sorry about today. I'm here if you want to vent. She types for a moment, and then the three dots disappear. I wait a few more minutes before she responds. Kel. I'll let you know when I need signatures. Talk later. I sigh as Jonah and Jesse get to the living room. They're both smiley and in love, and I suddenly feel like the dark shadow hanging over their night. Gonna take some slices to my room, I mutter, scooping up a drink and a plate piled high with pepperoni pizza. Behind me I can hear them convincing me to stay, but I wave them off. I wouldn't be any fun. Instead, I skulk to my room and devour too much cheese while I cue an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Time to see what I'm in for, I guess. Chapter 7 Kel Okay, so this is happening. Part of me was hoping they would say a big, resounding no, and that the whole idea of a reality show would be off the table. We could all tell Ryan to stick it where the sun doesn't shine and move on with our lives. But maybe Jonah and Ash are smart enough to realize the opportunity in front of them. Maybe it's easy to forgive Ryan because they know him so well already. Technically, he didn't do anything to his brothers, just to me. And speaking of wrongdoing, I should set up a time to talk to Judith, but I'm dreading it. I was too shocked on the phone to say much of what I really felt. She doesn't owe me anything, but it sure would make my life easier if she treated me as an equal when it comes to our clients' career choices. After leaving the Matthews last night, I ordered Chinese food and fell asleep in front of my work laptop before momentarily waking up and dragging myself to bed. Now, I'm up before the sun has fully cracked over the trees and swallowing a pair of Tylenol. Mug of herbal tea in one hand and my computer in the other, I perch on the edge of my sofa and click to my emails. There's a reminder from my GI doctor about my upcoming appointment and I click over to add it to my calendar before moving on to work. I purposefully avoid any new sites because I know my own name and picture will be there to haunt me. My parents have already sent half a dozen unread texts, I'm sure demanding to know why I haven't told them anything about a relationship with Ryan, and the texts are unanswered because I already know that they will not accept the truth. There's absolutely nothing to tell. The relationship never existed. I just wish the pictures didn't exist either. When I open my email account, I groan. What used to be a dozen emails about my three clients has turned into hundreds of messages, each of them marked urgent. 
I'm living what used to be my dream, and I'm desperately trying to figure out how to keep that dream alive. But it has to be worth it, because I've put in too much work to stop now. Sure, it was better in the beginning, when we really had to fight for a spot among the other hopefuls. But that's the natural evolution of the job. We're in a different, busier phase now. My parents don't get it. Neither does my best friend Claudette. Claudette works out of her loft apartment downtown, making and selling these amazing flowy dresses online. She was even recognized earlier this year as one of the top independent black designers. Claudette's job makes her unbelievably happy. And she seems to think that there's something out there that will do the same for me. I'm convinced that working for the Matthews is as close as I will get. Was it easier when Ryan, Ash, Jonah, and I were all on equal footing, just starting out? Of course it was. Are things a bit more complicated now that it feels like everyone wants something different? Well, yeah. But the fact remains that I started college hoping and praying to one day be a successful manager. And here I am, manager to three well-known names with more than enough work between them to keep me perpetually busy. That should be enough. And the truth is that this thing with Ryan has been a long time coming. I don't know how many times I've replayed little moments together, holding onto them like wildflower promises. Like on my 21st birthday, when Ash threw me a party at our favorite pizza restaurant just off campus. My eyes scan the glass front doors as I laugh at a joke Ash made to his girlfriend of the month. I think her name is Indy, but it could be Ivy. The pizza is getting cold, but I saved half a box for Ryan anyway. He promised to be here, but he's probably just running late. Ash swats my arm. You okay? Ready for cake and another round at the bar? I lift his shoulder, looking one last time at the doors, but it's already dark outside. I'm ready. I want cake before Jonah eats it all. Ash's younger brother is in town visiting, and he has the appetite of a power lifter. He grins sheepishly. Ash makes a big show of lighting a candle and forcing everyone to sing for me. I lean forward to blow it out, eyes half closed to make a wish. And then there he is, Ryan staring back at me with heart-squeezing familiarity. I don't need a birthday wish anymore. Ryan finds me right after, leaning into my neck to whisper, I have a surprise for you. Come here. He tugs on my hand, leading me outside to the dimly lit parking lot in front of the restaurant. We stop at his car, where he opens the passenger door and hands me a single red rose wrapped in green cellophane. I saw this and thought of you, he says. Roses aren't my favorite flower, but that doesn't matter. Ryan isn't treating me like a friend of his brother's right now. That's what matters. It's beautiful. Thank you. I stand on tiptoes and wrap my arms around his neck. The stubble on his cheek scrapes my skin until he pulls back, flicking his eyes down to my mouth. His lips melt into mine. It's not soft or sweet, but hurried and hungry. 
I'm all at once floating and on fire, a combination of so many things that I feel like I'm going to burst. The pressure of his hands on my lower back, sliding across the sliver of exposed skin on my waist, it's all perfect. When he pulls back, I gasp softly, bringing my hand to my lips. Happy birthday, Kel, he says. I'm going to head out, but I'll see you soon. You're leaving? Do you want to go somewhere together? He stops and turns back to look at me. He moves close, dragging me into his orbit once again. You know how much I like you, but when the timing is right, we'll know. He lifts a hand to my face and brushes my hair back, letting his hand linger there at the top of my ear. It feels so intimate that I forget to say anything for a second. Yeah, we'll both know when it's right, I agree. I look up at him, mesmerized by his body so close to mine, at the way he touches me so tenderly. I can wait for the right timing. It's not like I don't have goals of my own to work on, meanwhile. He flashes a blinding smile. I figure it's only a matter of time until we, I don't know, give in to the universe's demands, don't you think? I remember thinking that was so romantic. What's wild is that I even thought it was romantic the next three times he said it, all years apart. He said he thought we were destined for each other, like soulmates. Except soulmates usually end up in a mutual relationship, not one where just one partner comes and goes as they please, never making any sort of commitment beyond... Let's make out tonight, and maybe someday we can do it more often. How ridiculous am I for falling for this? So ridiculous that I can't even bring myself to think about it any longer. My email refreshes, and a new message from Judith sits at the top of my inbox. I almost spill my tea in my rush to click on it. She's included paperwork for me and signature pages for the guys. Plus a film start date of September 22nd, two freaking weeks away. I clasp a hand to my mouth, aghast. Nothing moves that quickly in film or TV. There's no way it's possible to get everything ready by then, and Judith has to know that. So either she's banking on chaos and disorganization reigning supreme to make me look bad, or she has some secret formula to whip it all into shape real quick. It better be the second option, or else she's dealing with one irate manager. I know I'm supposed to email her back and sit patiently for a response, but to hell with that. I call her phone while chewing on the inside of my cheek, nibbling the skin raw. After several rings, she answers with a bemused, Hello? We aren't starting in two weeks. That's impossible. Kel. She starts with a little laugh that makes me grind my teeth together. That's the start date. I'm sure you can work it out. It's reality, all right. You don't have to do a thing. Just let those boys of ours be themselves. Besides, it's been in the works for quite a while, and most of the pre-production work is wrapping up already. 
Yeah, freaking right, I don't have to do a thing. She'd like that, wouldn't she? The Matthews house needs to be set up for filming. The guys need coaching on an agreed-upon list of subjects that are and are not up for discussion. It's too much. But I don't say any of that to Judith, because I don't want her mocking me again. I'm not okay with you pushing me around like this. Don't take this the wrong way, Judith. I'm playing along here because Jonah and Ash want the show to happen. But I'm not happy with the way you shut me out of the initial deal. Ryan is my client, too, and I've more than earned my spot in the industry. Of course you have. Her voice jumps an octave and borders on condescending. I apologize that you didn't know about the show until late in the game. But I thought that Ryan was going to fill you in on the details. That's the impression I was under. Really? I don't know who or what to believe anymore. I've said my piece, and just the act of sticking up for myself makes me feel better. I square my shoulders. Well, we're all in agreement now. I will be in touch today and tomorrow with my client's needs. Look out for my email. She sounds more than pleased with herself when we end the call. Stupid Judith. It's bad enough that I'm in reality shows now. But working with Judith always gives me a headache. She's great at what she does. The problem is that part of her job entails making my job harder than it has to be. She forgets to CC me on emails weekly. She name drops other managers to the Matthews right in front of me. And now this. I work furiously on a list of demands for the guys, including a house cleaning team personally provided by Judith. Sure, the Matthew brothers have their own cleaners. But if I can make Judith foot the bill as their agent, you bet I'm going to do it. I take a break midway through working on the guy's writers to scroll social media. It's never a true break for me, though, because I'm always on the lookout for damage control. And I can't resist peeking at Ryan's page. Jonah exclusively posts sports updates or pictures of him and Jesse. Ash has social media because I set up his profile, but he never posts. But Ryan, true to form, is unpredictable online. He's gone through phases of DMing random fans and chatting them up, sometimes even sending them pictures that really shouldn't make their rounds on the internet. And other phases of posting a daily morning selfie, usually shirtless, accompanied by quotes from his own movies. I never know quite what to expect when I scroll through his pages, and I find myself holding my breath, hoping for something harmless. The first few things I see are just that. A picture of him eating a bowl of cereal this morning. His buzzed hair perfectly shows off his bluer-than-blue eyes, and his plain gray t-shirt makes him look effortlessly cool and relatable. He has reposted a few articles that mention his latest movie project, and obviously I always approve of self-promotion. Love to see it, in fact. What I don't love is the next picture, posted late last night. A gorgeous redhead with very convincing hair extensions is perched on his lap. Ryan's arms are around her, pulling her in close. 
Both their eyes are closed as they lean in for a kiss. The caption reads, Thought it was time I introduced the future Mrs. Ryan Matthew to the world. My face steams as I click away as fast as I can. It's funny how a perfectly decent morning can be ruined so easily. Samantha. I should have done this immediately after finding out about her, but I couldn't stomach it at the time. I'm still not sure I can. Resolutely, I scroll back to Ryan's page and click on Samantha's name. Her page is barer than I expected. Other than her age, four and a half years younger than Ryan and two years younger than me, there's not much information to dig through. I thought she'd have a whole timeline dedicated to pictures of her and Ryan. That's the typical fan behavior. If I didn't know better, I'd be inclined to think she was a perfectly normal woman. But it's much more likely that someone else on Ryan's team, maybe Judith, advised him to have her clean up her profile just in case. Usually image is more my expertise, but I get why Ryan may not have come to me, given my obvious feelings. My joints ache in that very specific way they do when I haven't gotten enough sleep and my medication schedule is too far off track. I push myself away from my computer and stand to gingerly stretch. I'll see about my medicine later. For now, we have a lot to discuss if filming is going to happen at the end of the month. Ugh, first her heartbreak over Ryan, and now a show that she's unsure about? It seems like the drama is only just beginning for Kel. How is she gonna face working with Ryan with cameras everywhere? Will her health get in the way of her work schedule? And what will Ash do about the tension between Kel and his brother? Go grab some popcorn and tune in again to the next episode for more. So don't forget to subscribe to CamCat Unwrapped. If you don't want to miss a beat, listen to Managing the Matthews now on the audiobook platform of your choice. All our books are also available in print and ebook formats on camcatbooks.com or wherever books are sold. Tune in to hear all our audiobooks as we release them right here on Camcat Unwrapped as serialized podcasts. The first two episodes of every book can always be found here, but subsequent episodes will be available for free listening only for a short time after their release. After that, they'll be gone. But don't worry, the audiobooks are available for purchase on Audible and other major retailers. CamCat Unwrapped also offers other CamCat books as podcasts. Also, check out our background episodes where we interview our authors and have them participate in fun writing challenges. Before you go, please take a moment to leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you. Tune in again to CamCat Unwrapped. Because CamCat Unwrapped is where book lovers meet.